Hi, everybody. It's uh, Mo Bhandari again from Ortho Evidence, and I'm here uh, this morning, but it's evening in India with uh, a colleague and friend and current chairman of the Sanchetti Hospital, Dr. Parag Sanchetti. Uh, Parag, welcome this evening. Thanks for having me on the Orthopod uh, podcast. Oh, no problem at all. And certainly, I really, the thank goes, thanks goes to you. Uh, I know we're hearing lots around the world about various countries. India certainly is in the forefront of lots of lots of policies and changes. And certainly they've been uh, you know, doing lots to try to combat what we're all trying to do. I wonder if you could give a, just a brief picture of what it's like right now in India. So our prime minister increased the lockdown. We were supposed to end today, today according to April and tomorrow things were going to open up, but he just added uh, three more weeks about to it. So now we are, completely closed down the whole country up to the 3rd of uh, May and hopefully on 4th of May we may open up. And uh, you know when the close down did happen everybody felt that it was a little bit early that it happened but I think that was the most appropriate thing uh, our government did and that is what has helped us. So as of today we have uh, about uh, 9,500 uh, COVID positive patients. We've had about 350 deaths till date. Uh, till date and uh, you know more than 2000 have recovered so some of the testing may not be so much the numbers might be a little more uh, than what they are on our site but but the number of deaths are actually the right figure so i would go that the number of deaths are not as many as we thought they would be so we are in uh, right now a, a okay okay situation so parag when you're into a complete lockdown you know there are different like you know, that means different things to different people so for example in canada and the us when you know when they use the word physical distancing and lockdown it still means that oh, well, you're in your house you can walk outside you can still be with up to five people but you must be distancing six feet and that's causing difficulty in many countries what does a lockdown look like in india so in in india it, it's very very strict uh, you can't go out of your house the uh, if you're staying in a society or an apartment, you know, they would be screening how many people go out, how much time they go out, how much they come in. Once you're on the roads, the police will stop you. So uh, all the essential healthcare workers have been given a QR code. So I have a QR code because I have to go to the hospital. And unless I have that, I, I cannot uh, really uh, go uh, out of the house. So they're very strict. And if they catch someone who just wants to go somewhere, you know, yeah. they will be fined. And, uh, you know, uh, in the initial days, they were... The police were actually hitting people because yeah, people we, saw, we saw some of those videos. I mean, it is yeah, it is a deterrent, yeah. right? It's a very but serious deterrent. Actually, so it's it's very strict. Unless you can just go out to get some food essentials, you can go uh, to buy medicine because the only shops open are the food shops, the grocery shops, and the medicine shops. Everything else, including the liquor shops and everything, is is completely closed and is being followed very strictly. No vehicles on the road at all. You cannot wow. uh, go out. So it's a complete lockdown. So how has that impacted then the hospital? Obviously, you know, for those who aren't aware of your uh, situation as chairman of orthopedics of the Sanchetti Hospital, I mean, you are running this 250-bed hospital uh, and a very, you know, a very prominent, prominent, uh, you know, hospital within the area. So w what's happened with hospitals? Yes, so uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, Sanchetti Hospitals and which can be extrapolated to uh, other private hospitals. Uh, Sanchetti Hospital is a little different. It's a, a pure orthopedic and a trauma hospital. So we don't see patients which uh, 
uh, non-orthopedic patients. So we are not getting any patients who are COVID suspect or patients with fever and body ache and things like that uh, because right. it's an orthopedic hospital. Uh, our work has completely come down to just five or ten percent. Uh, Eighty percent of our work was elective work, like uh, you know, uh, TKRs, totally replacements, totally replacements, ACL reconstructions. Uh, that has completely stopped. We, we by uh, law, we cannot do any routine procedures. The government has stopped us from doing routine surgeries and routine clinics. So all we get is uh, the emergency trauma, dislocations, uh, infections at time, or you know, acute pain, low back aches, radiating pain. So these patients we are seeing, but otherwise it is a complete uh, uh, slowdown of work. We are working just at about eight to ten percent of what we were doing. Uh, admissions have come down very drastically, and uh, uh, it's a situation where the hospital looks as if deserted and uh, completely uh, less work. So, so. I mean, clearly, um, you know, you sit on both sides. You sit on the front end side of, you know, managing COVID in patients who are going to be coming into orthopedic issues, but you also are managing a hospital infrastructure. You know, from the from the economic point in India, how long can this go on for businesses and and, and uh, hospitals and situations? I mean, is there going to be a point at which it's going to be a non-recoverable situation? Or like, are they giving you any insight? Now you're saying May 4th, you know, we've just gotten off the phone with individuals from Singapore who have been told no elective surgery likely until September. I mean, they've just basically said oh. you're, there's no surgery happening. So you can see this thing kind of rolling and rolling and forward. Is there a point or a discussion at which it becomes really problematic for economies? Yeah, so, so as far as the hospital is concerned, you know, we probably will start doing routine surgeries after third. I think we cannot afford a complete uh, shutdown after third of May. Work has to start. You know, answer your uh, initial part of the question, you know, uh, it's, it's impacting us usually. Uh, India is a third world country and, you know, a big chunk of our population stays on day-to-day -day earnings. And you know these people are being supported by the government, are being supported by NGOs, are being supported by you know uh, entrepreneurs and through the CSR accounts, the corporate social responsibility. But how long can that go on? Right. So there's already people who are uh, feeling the pinch, and uh, if yeah. the close down, the lockdown goes beyond third of May, then then there'll be a little bit of revolt. There may be some. Uh, riots and you know things might get out of control because these people are really uh, hand to mouth, you know. So that's how yeah, they work. Yeah, it's a it's a very tough situation. I think we often look at it as the balance between you know life and safety. And obviously, you know, sometimes when you feel good, you feel I can just go out and do things. Why are they stopping me? But it's for the greater good, I think. And sometimes it's hard because it's having a massive impact. I know this is the issue being struggled with with everybody. But let me ask you this now, um, you know. You're, I know you um, for many, many years, and we've chatted lots and lots about, you know, the system and life and, you know, how we live our life. How has this impacted you personally? Um, I have some ideas, but briefly, like when you look back at lessons, I'm sure you're reflecting as we all are. What are things that are coming to mind for you now when you think about the situation we're in? Yeah, so, you know, for me, it's, it's actually a comfortable life, and I would say that for three to five percent of people like me, they are doing fine. We are sitting in the houses. We have 
food to eat, we have a cover, we have a car to go to the hospital, but you know, it, it, it's not really the same for everybody else. But, but that being said, for me, what I have done uh, because of this close down is there were many things which I really wanted uh, to do and we always used to put it away that I don't have time, I don't have time. So I made a list of those things and I'm working on that. You know, I'm trying to uh, learn the accounts and, you know, trying to understand the balance sheets and the profit and loss thing, which I never had time for. The second thing what I'm trying to do is, uh, uh, you know, work on our website. You know, I always wanted to make our website very good. I never had time to look at it. And, uh, you know, trying to exercise more, trying to stay fit. Every day morning I, I get up, you know, I've made a timetable of what to do and uh, uh, working on that timetable. You know, it's trying to do as much as what I did before. Uh, I'm also seeing patients on, you know, teleconsultation. So seeing about 15 patients every day. So that also is helping, spending more time with the family. And uh, now it's three weeks uh, over. Uh, how much time can you actually spend? So it, yeah. it also is getting a bit saturated and we're waiting to get back to normalcy. But all I can say is that, you know, my father always says convert liability into assets. So this is a liability. And we are trying to convert into assets. We, had Zoom meetings with our uh, staff and uh, the top management and the doctors. And what I feel, uh, Mohit, is going to happen is there are going to be three distinct eras. One is the PC era, the pre-COVID era, which is yeah. behind. Uh, we are actually in the COVID era right now. And one will be the post-COVID era. So, you know, we are in this situation and what will happen after a few months is we will be saying that when we were in this era, that happened and that happened. But the challenge is going to be once this all settles down, the kind of economic loss it has uh, made to the country, to the hospital, and to each individual in terms of his own life and his own business is going to be difficult to recover. So I think the post-COVID era is going to be challenging. And now is the time we have to spend on thinking on how we can you know, overcome this challenge because it's not that on 4th of May, this virus will leave the earth. This virus is, is going to stay uh, in uh, around here for a long time, like we had the flus, the uh, other uh, vaccinations. Unless the vac vaccination comes, we really will not be able to completely uh, live without it. So we have to accept this challenge and you know find out ways to face it and move on with it. So that's how I've been thinking about my personal life and you know, the way ahead. It's going to be a difficult time, but uh, hopefully we'll come uh, over it and we will come out winners. Yeah, and I think you, you, you state what I think what I'm feeling as well, which is, you know, we have this precious time to do something with, but there's also a sense sometimes that um, it's made many, many of the orthopedic surgeons that I interact with around the world start to wonder about, you know, if they didn't have direct orthopedic care, how would they live their life? Because this has forced many surgeons into a situation of stay home. And you, despite your desire to want to be in the hospitals and help and care for patients like you have before, that's no longer allowable. And that could not no longer be allowable for weeks, if not months. We hope not a year, but definitely in the months period. It's yeah. making us all you know, reflect back and say, well, you know, how do you spend that time meaningfully so you find progress. And I love the idea of taking the liability and making it into an asset, because I think we often think sometimes of um, negatives, but there is a positive from this. There'll be gifts from this virus as much as we don't think of it as a gift. 
that are going to change the way our society and humanity thinks. And I hope I hope it's for the better. Yeah, yeah. So life is going to change a lot. You know, in many ways, people know that there is an option of work from home, and especially for my other colleagues, you know, uh, who are in the uh, IT industry, who are in uh, the building industry, who are, uh, you know, finding out ways to work from home, and they're actually managing it. So I think that one particular way is going to impact us a lot. The second thing, what is going to happen in uh, the whole situation is because of the slowdown, we will also have to see what our outgoings are going to be, what are the incomings, and it's going to be a great balance between all these things. Yes, I think so. And on that note, Parag, um, you know, thank you so much for taking time. I know it's a very difficult time for many. Um, our thoughts obviously are with, with all of our colleagues and friends and families uh, abroad. So uh, we wish you the best. And I do hope that we will one day soon be able to uh, see each other and get on a plane and actually visit. Well, let's hope, let's hope that happens. Yes, thanks, Moit. And uh, looking forward to uh, uh, being in touch with you and hoping to see you physically sometime Absolutely. soon. Absolutely.